0: You're listening to Lighting Up Real Estate with your host, Candle Lockett. If you're
1: planning to purchase your first property or first home in 2021, you are going to need credit as a part of your financial power. Credit allows you to use other people's money instead of your own. In episode three of Lighting Up Real Estate, CEO of HTP Enterprises Financial, Nicholas Antoine shared his credit secrets. Now let his company help you build wealth with credit. HTP Enterprises Financial is the company that will improve your scores by erasing negative items, bankruptcies, delinquencies, and more. I'm a personal client of HTP Enterprises Financial and have referred my clients and friends to this company. You get results. So I partnered with HTP Enterprises Financial to offer my listeners $100 off any plan you choose. Just go to the link in the show notes using promo code LIGHTINGUPREALESTATE. Make 2021 the year you use credit as buying power. Episode 33, The Mindset of a Real Estate Investor. As always, the goal of the show is to shine a light on people's strategies, systems, and ideas to help grow your real estate investing business. On the show, I have certified coach and mind strategist, Martin Pedermo. This entire interview is dedicated to getting past the barriers that are holding you back from reaching your goals, and it all starts with your mind. In this interview, you will see Martin in his true calling as a coach, passionate about helping you and me be our best selves in 2021. He gives you daily tools to get over generational curses, fears, negative people, the mindset, of a lack of money, and how we can start investing today, build our self-confidence, and so much more. Let's get started. Martin, welcome to Lighting Up Real Estate.
2: Hey, thank you for having me, Candle. Really appreciate you, my dear.
1: Oh, no. It's an honor to have you on the show today. I was invited to be on your podcast. And once I got through talking to you, I'm like, I need him on mine because you have so much information that you just share just... Effortlessly, and I definitely want to talk to you about the mindset of a real estate investor. Okay, so let's go back. How did you get started in real estate investing?
2: Oh, that's an interesting story. Um, so it goes, uh, it goes back a long ways, right? And when I first fell in love with real estate was when I was sixteen. I know you mm-hmm. fell in love with you, you, you learned real estate at eight. I, I started at sixteen. <laughs> That's when I first fell in love with it. And here's, here's uh, we're gonna talk about mindset in a little bit here. Here's what happens with most human beings, and I'm no different than any other human being. Pain is usually what causes change, right? Mm-hmm. It's pain that causes people, let me rephrase that. It's actual pain that causes permanent change. When there's not enough pain, you don't, there's not permanent change. It could be temporary change, but it's not permanent change. So when I was 16, My mom, I used to live in New York City. I grew up, I was born and raised in New York City. And my mom put me out at 16 because I didn't want to follow the rules. Mm -hmm. And on my 16th birthday, so I want your listeners to picture this. On my 16th birthday, I come home after school and my mom wanted me to be home, I don't know, three or four o'clock. I don't remember the time. I know she wanted me to be home at a certain time, but this time she's kicked me out nine times. right? And she's like, you know, you ought to gotta be home at whatever time. Instead of listening to the rules of what my mom laid down, I decided to go get a haircut. Right. I got home, I don't know, five, six o'clock or whatever it was. <laughs> so I remember that was my birthday. It was my 16th birthday. And I come home, my mom's standing at the door. She's like, That's it. Get out. You don't want to listen to my rules. Get out. Right. right. So I remember looking at my mom and saying, you know, that's the last time you can kick me out. I'm not coming back. But here's what happened, Candle. Shortly after that, I was sleeping in trains. I was sleeping in rooftops in New York City. I was sleeping in Rockaway Beach. Your listeners know the beach, Rockaway Beach in Queens. And I quickly unconsciously made a decision that I was going to own a lot of real estate and that I needed money. I really quickly found out I needed money and I needed a place to live. Those were two essential things. Mm -hmm. But because of that pain of being and sleeping in the train, luckily it was a summer, my birthday is in in June, but it was a summer, so I was sleeping on the beach, I was sleeping in trains, I was sleeping in rooftops and and in parks. I quickly unconsciously made a decision that I was going to buy a lot of real estate so I never have to ever have to experience not having shelter again. Now this was an unconscious decision and we all make unconscious decisions due to experiences, usually painful experiences in our life. And a lot of us make you know make decisions around our love life, around money, around whatever, right? A lot of right. experiences. So that that was when I first unconsciously fell in love with real estate. But I'm going to fast forward. In 2007, I bought my first piece of real estate. Actually, no. I bought my first piece of real estate when I was 21 and 22. My wife was 20, 22. I was 21. And we bought our first piece of real estate Um mm-hmm. Then, But I bought my first investment in 2007. It was a duplex. And that duplex I bought, Candle, I did it because everyone else was doing it. I was in the mortgage game. And similar to this market, everyone loves real estate. Everyone wants to do real estate. Similar to this market, I got in the game because everyone else was doing it. And you keep hearing that 90% of millionaires are made through real estate, blah, 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 and all of this stuff, right? Yeah. The thing that we missed, that I was missing like most, is that I didn't have the skill set, similar to kind of what you did in 2007 when we talked. Right. Right. I didn't have the skill set. So I was playing Mr. Landlord. So I bought my first duplex. I bought it for $275,000. I made, because I was a lender, I actually, I structured the deal in such a way that Mm -hmm. I bought the house, zero money down. At the table, I got $15,000 paid to me. Mm -hmm. So I bought a house that was cash flowing and I made $15,000. Great strategy, but Mm -hmm. I did not know my numbers. I did not know how to run the numbers. I did not have the education. I just bought it because everyone else was doing it. And I was, Mm -hmm. I guess, unconsciously, I was banking on continued appreciation. And I had this limiting belief. I had this limiting scarcity mindset of, if I don't buy, um, there's not going to be any more real estate. And I reject that from your listeners. Because that's a scarcity mindset. At the time when real estate is hot, that's what happens, and that's what's happening right now, all over again, as you know. Yeah. So fast forward a year later, I was hundred thousand dollars underwater on that property. Right. So that was 2007. I'm sorry, about two years mm-hmm. later, two two and a half years later, I got an a, a, I got a, a someone to come and look at it, and an agent to come look at it, tell me what it's worth, and they said 179 thousand. I was like, whoa, hundred thousand dollars. But one of my values is integrity. Um, one of my highest values is integrity. And while people were walking away and losing houses, I wasn't going to do that. I, I, I was I'm, That's one of my highest values. I was not going to do that. And I said to myself, I did this. This is just what I did. I'm going to write it out. I'm going to make it work. It is what it is. This, is, this was my decision. I'm not going to walk away. But anyways, I had a really bad struggle. I was struggling because I was... I wanted to, I was playing Mr. Landlord. I was running, I was showing the property, painting it, rehabbing. I remember taking my little kids like your parents used to, taking my little kids over, let's paint, let's do this, let's take out the garbage. When, when, you know, when people were, when I was turning the unit, and that, I gotta tell you, that was a terrible job. It was a terrible experience for me. It was a horrible, horrible experience for me. You know, I I had an internal struggle. and, And part of my struggle was that I used to think <clears throat> that before I bought my before I bought my first piece of real estate, I used to think that people that own real estate didn't look like me, right? Because growing up in New York City in an apartment building, I, I had this mindset of, you know, these people that own real estate are Hasidic Jews, and I have a lot of friends that are Hasidic Jews and are, are Jewish people, are Hasidic Jews, and those are people that own real estate in my in the hood, right, where I grew up, right. What did I know? So I had this limiting belief mm-hmm. that people, you know, doctors, lawyers or whatever, whatever story I was telling myself, which was just a big old story, right? Right. But after I bought my first property and I got burned again, right? Because it's always, like I said, change. pain is what causes change. Right. I was looking around at people like you, for instance, right, today that, hey, man, They're doing it and they're doing this game and they're doing it without doing what I'm doing, right? They're not going to the properties. They're not doing all this stuff. They're not painting. They're not taking the garbage out. They're not doing all of that stuff. But yet I'm an entrepreneur, so-called an entrepreneur. And I have, so let me tell you, show you this. I had a guy, his name was Jay. I met Jay and he had called me because he wanted a loan and he owned a bunch of properties and he had a full-time job, okay? He had a full-time job at Verizon. And I was like, dude, you had two kids and a wife and a beautiful house and all this property. And I was like, Yo, bro, how the hell are you yeah. doing this and you have a full-time job? And I don't have a full-time job. I'm an entrepreneur. And I have freedom of my time and all this stuff. And I can't do it like you. And what I quickly right. realized is that he had something that I didn't have. He had an education about investing and he had a system, right? And he wasn't playing, he wasn't playing Mr. Landlord. He was a business yeah. owner. See, there's a difference with business owner and business operator. And I yeah. was being Mr. Mr. Everything, and he was not. So I got a mentor. I got a coach. You know, he, he started mentoring, he started coaching me. I started getting an education. By the way, that property burned down. That property, I used to rent to college kids. They burned it down to the ground. And that's how I was able to get out of that property in 2012. Uh-huh. So that's how I was able to get out of that property. So it worked itself out. Um, but I wasn't going to walk away or bail from it or in any way. I was sticking with it. Yeah, I had. Um, that's that's how I learned. So I quickly learned how to – that was an epiphany I had that I needed to figure it out. I needed to figure it out. But even still, um, I had a conflict, and my conflict was the story that we all tell ourselves. And you as a coach and a mentor, when you're first starting out in real estate and when your, list, your listeners listening right now, well, that's great. You know, Mark, you're doing that and all this and Candle's doing that but I don't have any money. That's the, I don't have any money story, right? And I'm going to tell you- That is the
1: most common story we hear. We don't have any money.
2: I don't have any money. I don't have any money. And I'm going to challenge your listeners to to say, and to ask them, who says that it has to be your money? That's the question, right? Ask yourself that question. Who says it has to be, where does it say anywhere, rule of law that says it has to be your money? There's no rule a lot what you need is a skill set what you need is to educate yourself what you need to do is learn the business but anyways that's what i did but i had that story i don't have any money i got educated i had a coach and i didn't have any money that was my story like a lot of my students story and i asked them the same question who says this needs to be your money right yeah um but i overcame that by educating myself by networking by listening to podcasts like yours Mm -hmm. by showing up to meetups which is why i host the meetups real estate investors meetups now because I'm about educating and helping and empowering. That's my purpose is to empower others to be their best versions, right? And to achieve. And got into these circles and started understanding from other investors, more seasoned investors, that they don't use their money. I still, I don't use my money. I don't use my money. If the numbers don't work with someone else's money and giving an investor a return, or if I use my own money, I would treat myself as OPM, other people's money, because I am OPM. Me personally, am different than my business. So I would pay myself a return on my money, whatever money I lend my business, just like I would you. If I, if me and you did a deal, I said, hey, Kendall, I want to give you 10% return on your money. If you lend me this money for a flip, I'm going to give it back to you in six months. If, we, if I don't give it back to you in six months, we're partners or whatever, I negotiate with you, right? Right. Well, guess what? I do the same thing for myself. If it's my own money I'm using, same deal for myself. Whatever I would give any of my investors, I give myself. Right. And just right. the numbers to work. If they don't work, they just don't, there's no deal.
1: Right. right? Okay. So you say that success is 80% mindset and mm-hmm. 20% skill. Yes.
0: Let's right. get into
1: the mindset. So that was big, what you just said. It was a lot <laughs> that we got to uh definitely go through, what you said. Mm-hmm. I have so many questions, but. What you just said about using other people's money.
2: Yep. That's a mindset.
1: Everybody that's a mindset. Everybody can't do that unless you have a certain mindset. So what are the five rules or like what you must do in your mind to be able to handle other people's money in order for you to make money? And it's a win-win situation. Because I hear so many stories, especially from investors, where you know they've been a guest on my show and they said, Oh, you know, I don't fool with other people, I've been burned um because of that person and it's like everybody can't handle that so it's a definite level of discipline but can you get into that
2: Absolutely absolutely um as i shared earlier right one of my highest values is integrity mm-hmm. right so the person that you're investing with matters best illustration i can give you is this right if you have a cousin and your cousin is a person that is that is always jumping from one deal to another thing, to another business scheme, to another thing, to another thing. And now they come to you and they're like, well, I just learned this real estate thing and I wanna do this real estate thing, <laughs> right? I just learned this real estate thing, I wanna do this real estate thing, would you just, if you give me some of your money? Are you gonna give them your money? No. Like, probably <laughs> not, right? So, so You know, that's discernment, right? That's discernment on the receiver Mm -hmm. side, on the person giving the money, right? On the person giving the money, that's discernment. But if you're on our side as the investor seeking money, okay, Mm -hmm. there's a few things that you have to do. The first thing is, it's a mindset, right? It's a mindset. And I have a formula that I teach, and it's confidence plus competence. The the, the second word is competence. Mm -hmm. Confidence plus competence plus massive action equals results, okay? Confidence, it's a mindset, number one. And how do you get confidence? You get confidence in real estate, and I'm going to just talk about real estate right now. This also applies for other areas in your life. When I talk about real estate, how do you get confidence is by first becoming competent. You told me when I interviewed you that you went and you studied everything you could about real estate. I mean, you yeah. just in love with real estate. You went courses, this and that. And you got competent. right. Number one, that competence um, then created confidence.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
2: when you're talking to me, now if once you have all that knowledge, and you sit down with me as an investor, someone that has money, an investor that has money that wants to invest, and you're talking you're talking that language with so much, you have so much competence, and you talk about value- add, and you understand the business and you understand how this one move that I do, Right, Mm -hmm. there's one move that I do with. Hey, look, I'm gonna take this apartment building, and I'm I'm gonna take this apartment, and I'm gonna put thirteen thousand. This is a real real deal. I think I talked to you about the other day. Take this apartment, I'm gonna put thirteen thousand in it. When I and then I'm gonna rent it for this new rent, and that difference in rent is gonna Mm -hmm. increase the value of that apartment building by fifty-five thousand dollars. That's competence. You understand what I'm saying? That's competence, and because of that, I'm gonna be able to give you a certain return on your money. And here's how because of this move okay right. now you're saying okay this person knows what they're talking about right so competence confidence then you go and you take action so then go and start talking to investors and start talking but you can't start talking to people guys unless you first really get yourself educated and really understand this language people like candle and i are people that teach this stuff, but the only only reason we teach this stuff is because we learned this stuff. And we are in seminars and we're in workshops and we're in this and we're in that. Like, you know, I'm in two to four uh, workshops. I mean, total immersion, real estate workshops or personal development workshops a year. Every Mm -hmm. year, I'm going away somewhere just to get better. Either my mindset, either my business, just to get better, period. So um, there's something uh, that I I have is called a credibility book booklet, credibility booklet. And in that booklet, it actually, I give it to my students and, it, and it's just a breakdown of the presentation of the person, right? Who am I? So here's who I am. Here's my little bio. Here's yeah. the markets I'm after. And here's why I'm going after these markets because mm-hmm. unemployment rate is low because population growth is growing. Here's mm-hmm. the median mm-hmm. rental income. And here's two of my projects that I've done before. Mm-hmm. Let me, share, let me tell you why that's important. Again, this is a little bit more advanced. If you got really newbies, right, mm-hmm. still need to create, I would create a credibility booklet, right, a credibility booklet like this because it's something organized telling your new investor why they should invest with you. I'm yeah. investing in, this is why you should invest. This is my strategy. I'm buying, fixing, and flipping. I'm buying and holding. I'm buying and holding because in this market, because of this, boom, boom, unemployment is low, population is growth. There's this Amazon is going in here. Here's what's happened. What does that tell someone? If you are presenting to an investor, what does that tell that investor? This guy knows what he's doing. This he guy knows what he's doing. This guy's really confident. Yeah. yeah. Comfortable giving my money there. So, guys, the first thing is I get educated. That education is going to give you confidence. Then go and take action, right? Because I'll tell you another thing is a lot of us get confused with. Listening to a podcast, or doing a credibility booklet, or going to a workshop, or going to a meetup, as action—that's education. That's not execution, right? And I shared this with you the other day. <laughs>
1: Can you repeat that again. Repeat what you just said. <laughs> that is—that
2: that, that is, that is not execution. That is yeah. education. You're not—you're learning. And there comes a point where you got to stop learning and start doing. Not stop learning, but you got to. You got to start doing, you got to continue learning, but you got to start doing stuff in that business to take action. We live in the information age. And I shared this with you the other day. We live in the information age and people are drowning in information and starving of execution. Find one thing that you want to do in this space, get good at it, get competent on it, get your confidence up and go take massive action. And I promise you, if you do that, you're going to have results on the other end.
1: What's keeping us from taking massive action?
2: Our limiting beliefs. This is still going back to it's always in the mindset. It's our limiting. belief. Yeah. So a lot of times is self-sabotage. Okay. We self-sabotage. Actually, we say we want to be successful, but unconsciously we really don't. Let me give you an example of what I mean by that. Right. So I'm a mindset strategist, right? I'm a real estate investor, but I'm also a certified mindset strategist. Right. right. And what happens is this, let's just say, and a lot of us in in the Latino and, and the African American culture, we grew up grow up in homes. Okay. I'll tell you, I grew up in home in my home like this. And this is what we hear. Rich people are bad. Oh yeah. Rich people, they 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 live in those great big mansions and they just use us for work and they just give us little crumbs or whatever stories, right? I heard this, I heard all this stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, this is being indoctrinated in you in in as a you as in your most um, vulnerable ages between zero and six, not you're a young person, and you're hearing that rich people are bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: right? You're hearing rich people are bad. And now you're an adult, and you realize, man, I need money, right. Like me, right? I need money. I need money. I need a place to live. I need to have investments. I don't want to be working like this. This is not, this doesn't work. We all know that having a job doesn't really work because we look at our grandparents and we look at our parents and they worked all their life and they're on social security and they're poor.
1: Right. But there was that mindset that it was consistent pay.
2: Yes. Yes. I want to talk about that. So just hold that thought because I want to talk about about that. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about uh, generational curses. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay. We're we'll
2: talking about generational curses around money, right, and things like this, which is, all kind of falls into this. So you grow up listening to this stuff. You grow up listening to, yeah, um, rich people are bad. Now you're an adult. You have a family, and you're like, man, this real estate thing, this guy, this Martin guy, this candle lady, they're man, they're really sharp. How are they doing that, right? They look mm-hmm. like me, right? If you're brown or, or you're black, you're, you're looking at us, you're saying they look like well, you could do it. It doesn't matter the color. If I could do it, you could do it. Yeah. And that's always been my attitude. If anyone else can do it, that yeah. I, I can do it. I just gotta right. figure it out. They just know something and are doing something that I don't know yet, or I haven't figured out yet. Or they think a certain way or they're doing something a certain way. I just gotta figure out that. Once I figure out that, then I'm gonna go take action. But anyways, you you go and you you learn, you get this, you get this condition from a young person. Now you're an adult, you need money, you're like, Great, I need to learn this real estate thing, I'm gonna learn this real estate thing, mm-hmm. and now. You listen to your podcast, Candler. You listen to my podcast. You go to these seminars and all these stuff. And you got the education. And you're getting more education. And you're getting more education. And you know it works. You see people doing it and it works. Yet, you're not getting That person's not taking action. And here's what's happening with that person unconsciously. Unconsciously, if you start making money, your unconscious mind is telling you, remember, this is all happening unconscious, by the way. This is not a conscious thought. This is an unconscious thought. Remember what you were taught rich people are bad
0: yeah
2: remember what you were taught rich people are bad if you start doing these things you start making a lot of money you become a bad person now this this happens unconsciously not consciously okay so Mm -hmm. it's not like it's happening you're it's right there in your eyes so what you start doing is you start doing stuff to unconsciously to self-sabotage not take action all these limiting you start having all these limiting thoughts i'm not good enough i i I'm this, I'm brown, I'm that, I'm what, but, but whatever story be a story you want to tell yourself, your unconscious mind, yeah. telling stories. And that's what holds us back. So it's getting to the root. I'm going to use this analogy. It's like, think of a fruit. Think of an orange tree. Mm-hmm. Or, or The orange, the fruit, right? The orange fruit. If you want to grow oranges, what do you have to plant, right? You have yeah. to plant orange seeds, right? in the ground. Yeah. And then you get... Orange fruits. So mm-hmm. a lot of us, what we need to do is we need to change the root. So before you, before you start, like I want to be an investor and I want to make three hundred thousand a year, or I want to own a hundred apartments, you mm-hmm. must first work on yourself. Yeah, on your mindset. What is my belief around money? Who you got to work on you. You got to work on you. Change. You got to first, and I'm going to say this you got to first change the root, plant new seeds, and then water those so you can have a different fruit. Because if you keep doing the same things and expect different results, that's insanity, Albert Einstein said. Yeah. Keep thinking the same way and expect different results, that's insanity. You keep doing the same things and expect different results, that's insanity. So you got to start seeing money, you got to start seeing. Investments, you gotta start. If that's what you heard, and I reject this for your for your listeners and myself, if that's what you heard that rich people are bad, then you need to start changing that perspective and start getting around some rich people so you can really see they're not bad, they're good, kind people. Yeah, right. Without rich people, there wouldn't be no YMCAs, there wouldn't be no hospitals, there wouldn't be no charity, there would be all these things. Yeah, they just figured something out that you don't, and they have a different mindset around money that you don't. And I'll share. You know, not every rich person. This is what we hear a lot of time. Rich people, they they got it handed to them. Not every rich person got it handed to them. Some have. Not every rich person got it not handed. To
1: them.
2: yeah. Rich person had to work hard.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. Work on themselves. So change the fruit. In order to get a different fruit, change the root. Start planting different seeds.
1: That's good. That's good. So how do we get out of these generational curses? Because I mean, we talked yesterday on your podcast and one thing that we talked about was who you surround yourself with yes so how do we get around those family members because we all have those that are afraid I remember like my degree is in education and I remember being so afraid to tell my mother that I have my real estate license like she found out through Facebook I didn't want to tell her oh boy (laughs) because I knew like I like she's not gonna support me she's not gonna be like oh my gosh congratulations you're gonna be the top agent let's go get some more properties It wasn't going to be that conversation so what do you recommend for those that are not around investors or the first one in their family that says hey I want to be an investor I want to own a house I just want to do something different with my life than what everybody else I'm surrounding myself with does
2: okay that's a great question and that's a question that I get often anytime I'm speaking, or training or coaching i get that question asked all the time right so you take your top five you take your top five closest friends you average their income and you're not going to make a cent over what they're making you take your top yeah. five closest people that you talk to and you average their your income you're not going to make a cent over what they're making i'm going to tell you why the reason why is because if you, and there's nothing wrong with this, by the way, please. I, I mean, no, I just, I'm just calling facts here. Okay.
0: Yeah. If you're
2: hanging around people that are making fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 a year, and those are your top closest, five closest friends, this is what they're making.
0: Mm-hmm. All right.
2: The conversations are in those groups are, and the ideas are of $50,000, $60,000 income earners. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, guys. I just want you to know that there's nothing wrong with that. There's your not- job is to level up is to if you want to if that's your desire if your are desirous of that is to level up if improving your income is is what you desire then you have to, you have to figure out how to level up so the question always comes up with well how do i do that martin you know my job this is who i this is this is what i do and i'm going to answer that question but before i answer that question i'm going to share a quick story with you when I was about 23 years old, I was selling life insurance for a big insurance company in New York City. I had started there when I was 20 years old, started in sales as a professional sales guy at 20 years old, selling life insurance. And I was, at by the time I was 24, I already had four kids, right? My wife was pregnant with my fourth child. Mm-hmm. With our fourth child and she i remember candle i remember my first year as a salesman i made forty eight thousand dollars in six months at 20 years old i was feeling rich girl like I, I was coming from that's the equivalent of making 100 grand right so i was coming from making um ten dollars an hour at work in bed bath me on or wherever right mm-hmm. the bath, bed body work whatever to forty eight thousand in six months right Right. But I hit my ceiling because I because it happened in six months and it felt I felt so wealthy I hit my thermometer my cap so it's like a thermometer you have a ceiling in mo- on money figure look mm-hmm. at it think of a thermometer you put a thermometer at seventy what happens when the temperature re- if you're if it's on heat and you put it at seventy what happens when you go above seventy the thermometer turns off right right until it goes back down. So your mind turns off, your unconscious mind stops hustling, stops working until it goes back down to what you're comfortable in, right? Right. And then you that's this is a form of self-sabotage because you set a thermometer, right? Mm-hmm. And boom, so the following year, I made 50,000 in the whole year. So my thermometer, my, my, my thermostat was set at 50,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? The following year, I made 50, the following year, I made 50, but when you got four kids and you got a house and you're making 50 grand, Dude, it don't take you far. You're broke. Right. You're broke. Right. And I remember one day going to a, um, to one of the sales meetings and there was this guy, his name was Harry, Harry Ganess. I always talk about Harry at different podcasts, my podcast. We're still friends. And I go to this place. I go to this, um, I go to this meeting that the salesman, the general manager was having. And let me tell you, Harry came on, Harry was bought by my, my first mentor, which his name was Titus. And mm-hmm. used to work at another company. He came on and he was lighting it up. I mean, he was killing it in sales. But when you're young, you have an ego. You think you have it all figured out. I'm not going to ask for help. I got it. I'm good. Whatever, right? Well, he brought Harry along. And let me tell you something. Harry was writing in life insurance sales, $70,000 a month in commission consistently. Okay? Consistently. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something about this guy. You could hardly understand his English. Okay, he was nothing special, and we were working in the same city for the same company, selling the same products. What's the difference? Why is he making? How is he making seventy thousand dollars a month in commission? I'm making struggling fifty thousand a year, right? He's talking and he's doing a presentation and he's telling us what he's doing. So I go to him at the end. I finally put my ego down. We go back to our office in the city in New York City. Finally, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna ask because I'm just paying. What did I say at the beginning? Pain is the only thing that causes permanent change.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I was so tired of being broke, and I, that my ego was time to let go of the ego. So I go to Harry. When we get back to our office, I go to Harry and I say, "Harry, man, listen, how are you doing this, man? Like, listen, just tell me. Can you tell me how do you do this? How does how are you like making seventy grand a month? We sell the same product, working for the same city." In the same city, in the same company, you're making seventy grand a month, and I'm making freaking 50000 a year. How? How is that possible, bro? And he asked me, he looked at me, and he said, do you really want to know? Or you just want to make conversation? Because I don't have time for conversation. I said, no, Harry, I really want to know. I was 23 years old. And he goes, we, we spent about an hour. He spent about an hour mentoring me. But he gave me one thing. He said, go pick up this book. I said, the book is, the, and I'm going to give this to your listener. Go pick up this book, The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz.
1: I have that book. Yeah.
2: That book changed my life. That was where my whole trajectory, personal development, everything changed for me. My whole life changed after reading that book. Yeah. I went immediately because I was in pain because I was tired of being broke. I was in pain. Only pain causes. True pain causes. That's the lever for change. Right, mm-hmm. And I jumped on the train, went over to Barnes and Nobles. I don't know if they're still around. It was, it was on 66th Street. 50. I don't know if that's the place is still around. But I went and I picked up the book. And here's what happened. Yeah. After reading that book, because I really took it to heart and I really was in so much pain. After reading that book, Candle, over mm-hmm. the next 12 months, I went from making and averaging the last three, the previous three or four years, averaging $40,000 or $50,000 a year. And I made, my dream was to make six figures. Mm -hmm. I made at 24, the first time I made $104,000 in the next 12 months. Right. Mm -hmm. At 24 years old, I made six figures after reading that book, but it wasn't just reading that book. It was taking Mm -hmm. action. Remember I said confidence, competence. So I applied the principles I got in the book from the book. Mm -hmm. And I applied the principles that I learned from the book. And, um, that one move—that's when I realized how education, working on my, on me, on my mindset,
0: mm-hmm. right,
2: will change my exterior world. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was then. But to answer your original question, I wanted—that's the first thing—is you need to work on yourself, right? That's the first yeah. thing. If you don't have the circle. You got to get some books, get some mentors with books, right? Read *Think and Grow Rich* by Napoleon Hill. That's a must. It is a must. It's a must. Um, the Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz, that's another must, right? Because that just starts to shift your mindset, understanding how thinking bigger is important. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. I grew up seeing my mom working in a factory. What I was taught was work harder, work hard, work yeah. hard. That's how you succeed. Work hard. Let me tell you, working hard alone doesn't work. If you're working hard, making it $10 an hour to get overtime, and make $15 an hour when you do overtime, it's not going to get you very far. It's working smart and hard. Yeah. It's working yeah. smart and hard, leveraging other people, leveraging your time, leveraging other people's money.
1: Yeah. Martin, you mentioned telling that great story about you moved your ego away to talk to him. Mm-hmm. What is the, What do you define ego as? And then what is the difference between ego and that self-confidence that we need?
2: Oh, that is a great question. That is a great, great question. So for me, when people have different meanings, the ego is that part of you that thinks is better, thinks you have it all figured out, thinks that I don't need other people's help. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's putting that aside. Right. And confidence, confidence for me is being confident enough to say, Hey, I don't know this and I need help. Hey, Ah. I don't know this. That's not my strength. So I'm going to bring someone in my team to handle that. I'm not a contractor. I don't know how to swing. I don't swing hammers. Right. But guess what? I do have, I have contractors in my team. Guess what? I'm not good at. I'm not a property manager. I don't like to deal with my tenants. My tenants, I shared with you yesterday. My tenants don't even think some of them know who I am because they see me around, Mm -hmm. but not because I tell them, I used to, so my property I bought at the beginning when I told you 2007, I was so ego driven. I shared this with you yesterday. I was so ego driven that it was all about, I own this property. I own that property. And I want to tell the world that I own properties. Now, as I've gotten older, the ego, that doesn't matter to me. It's about the results. It's about the outcome. I'm committed more to my goals than I am to my ego. So when you are committed more to your goals than you are to your ego, then it's humbling. So then. That's when you say, okay, then I'll spend money on a coach to learn from. Then I'll go to a seminar and spend two grand and or three grand for a three or four week seminar to go learn yeah. from others, to be around others, to be to learn from people doing it even better than me. Yeah. Right. And that's in a way, it's confidence, right? To be able to say, hey, Kendall, you know what? That's I noticed that this is your strength. Why don't we team up? and mm-hmm. you can teach me how to do that or we team up and you run that part of this so let's do this thing and you do this part because you're really good at that right no yeah. ego it's just it's just it's just getting results right when you start focusing on your outcome is what you focus on because where your focus goes your energy flows and results show in results there's no room for ego right in my in, in getting my goals there is no room for ego there's only yeah. room to achieve. There's only room to figure out how to get to that goal. And that, yeah. means, that means, hey, man, if if someone on my team, if you have to act, if you have to be the big dog when it comes to that, then you be it, man. I'll follow. Tell me what it takes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, don't, I don't know that. So show me. What do I need to do there?
1: That is good. That, that I, is
2: good. That's confidence, right? That's real yeah. confidence. And that's not taking away from who I am. That's not... Because I'm not in control, or I'm not the big boss all the time in whatever I'm doing or whatever lane I'm playing in, that doesn't make me any different. I'm st- I'm still very secure in who I am and what I'm doing and where I'm going. Because ultimately, it's about my goal. For me, it's about legacy. It's about generational wealth. It's about empowering others. It's about impact. It's about the mark I leave on this world. It's about when I you know I'm writing a book, and as I'm writing my book my thought and my mindset around my book is when my great grand, great, great, great grandchildren read this book, right? Mm -hmm. How can it impact and change their life? How can one thing I write here impact my great grandchildren? So I am doing it as I'm writing my book, I'm writing it, um, for with so much love and passion for my own bloodline, right? And if I do it like that with so much blood and passion for my own bloodline to impact future generations, what is it going to do for strangers? Because I'm pouring yeah. my love and my heart into it. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I'm pouring it all into it. I do. When I look at, you know, my purpose, I'm so clear on my purpose and my goal in life. There's no room for ego. There's only room to for achieving that, whatever it takes.
1: Yeah. So what you just said, you just explained your why. Yep. And I notice a lot of my guests, when they come on, they have no problem explaining their why. It's like it's their motto, it's what they live by, it's their, their breed, it's their code. My
2: yes, my code. Integrity, my values are, you know, yeah. integrity, health, power. I mean, it's just yep. So mm-hmm.
1: how do you find your why and what and why is it important?
2: <laughs> oh, dude, listen. So I host every year I host a um a goal setting event mm-hmm. seminar, where I bring in I bring in people to just, hey, let's goal set. Let me let me let me show you how to set goals. And the very, very first thing I do is figure out is get to people's why. Why do you want this? Right. So let's just say yeah. right. First thing I do, let me give you an example. First thing I do when I'm coaching someone or I'm even hosting these events, and like I'm hosting my goal setting event, is I'll go into the why, because the why is the lever. Remember, pain pain is what the only thing that causes change your why is your lever to your goals in life there will be challenges in life you will have challenges and Mm -hmm. when you when you encounter those challenges if your why is not strong enough you'll give up on your goals it'll it's easy to say ah forget it's too hard Just came up again why one of the reasons of having a coach is extremely important because a coach holds you accountable to that, holds you accountable to your goals. Hey, this would say you're going to do Yeah. But your why, right? If I was to ask someone, someone comes and works for me and they're like, well, I want to be a real estate investor and I want to make whatever, $200,000 a year flipping or whatever their goal is. I want to own $2,500 in cash flow every month. That's financial freedom for me. Right. Right. First thing I say is, why do you want that? Why? It's not why do you want that? Why is that important to you? Right. Mm. And they'll say and they will say something like because it's going to give me uh, I can pay for my bills. Right. Or I can have time. Right. And I'll right. say and I'll say, why is having time more important to you? Right. And they'll say, right. well, because I could go and take vacation, with my family. Right. And here's what happens. Most people think that they want to invest in real estate because of the money. Yeah. They think that's the why. But once it's strategically done and I work – and I when I work with them and I go seven levels deep and I ask this question, why is, why is that important to you? 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 By the time I get to the seventh level of why that, whatever that is, is important to you, it's so disconnected from actually real estate that it's insane. And that's usually the true why.
0: Wow. I me tell you what yeah. that
2: looks like. What that looks like is usually something like, well – I want to buy real estate because that's important to me because I saw my mother waking up at four o'clock in the morning, getting us dressed to take us to a babysitter, to go work at a factory. And we were poor and we were broke and we would share a twin size bed. And that now that my dear, you see that that's the lever. That's a true why. Mm -hmm. That's the lever right there. That's the lever right there. That right there. That's my, that was my seven levels deep Why, by the way. Yeah. Once you understand and that light bulb goes up, wait a minute, it has really nothing to do with real estate is because I don't want to experience what I experienced. And I saw my mom doing the pain, the pain that right there is your lever. Once you understand that and then there's a strategy I do because I'm a mindset strategist and I understand their true why, that true pain. Mm -hmm. And I link that why to their goal. There's nothing that's going to stop them to overcome anything that comes up. Once I take that and I figure that piece out of the puzzle, then mm-hmm. I say, okay, what do you want? A hundred doors? Okay, here's some of the things that's gonna, that, that's gonna occur to you along the way. You're gonna have to find investors. You're gonna have to do this. You're gonna have to make offers. You're gonna have to take out. You have to do all of these things and you're gonna have some challenges along the way. When those challenges come, just remember why you're doing that. Remember that sleeping in that, in that twin size bed. Remember waking up. At wow. Time. Remember that. Once you remember that, Whatever you encounter, you're gonna plow right through it. Once you put that in your nervous system and your unconscious mind, and you connect it to, it's over. Yeah, you're just you're just going. Nothing, no, no rejection, no this. You get resourceful and you figure it out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow, right? That's- you get resourceful yeah. and you figure it out, but you got to figure out your why. Your why is extremely. It's extremely. It is the most. It's like getting pulled. It's getting Mm -hmm. pulled towards your goals, or going or getting pushed towards your goals. You want to get pulled towards your goals. When you Mm -hmm. don't know your why, you're getting pushed towards your goals. You just when you're not that's clarity. Clarity is power. When you know your why, you're getting pulled because you know why you're doing it. It's pulling you. Your goal is pulling you. When you don't know your why and you have a goal, you're getting pushed. You don't really know. Mm -hmm. You don't really know. Well, I want this, but. You don't really fundamentally deep down inside know why you want, unless you take the time to do the work. This is why I said, you got to work on the seeds first.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Putting new seeds in there.
1: Yeah. So how do you get over like past experiences of being in real estate investing? Let's say you were really hurt by the 2008 crash and you want to get back into it. But it's like, I just can't get over it. I can't get over how that person burned me or how that deal was so bad. But you know, also on the other side of that is your key to wealth.
2: Again, that is a really, that's a really good question. I know a lot of people that haven't been able to come back from 2008 and and it's going to go back right back to mindset is, Mm -hmm. is what is your why? See what I said about overcoming the obstacles is your why stronger than the obstacle. Right. And Mm -hmm. my question is, if someone was to ask me that question, I would say to them, do you think that those that are succeeding haven't had any trouble, haven't been burned, haven't lost money, haven't had any challenges? The difference is they are very clear on their why they're doing it. And what they do is they figure it out and they don't let the stumbling blocks, right? They don't let the stumbling blocks stop them from going towards their goal. I'm going to share a story with you, if that's okay. I'm going to use this as a metaphor. And to answer that question. I want you to picture this, okay? Once upon a time, there is this really wise, old African man that lived in a small village in Africa. And this wise old guy, okay, and I want your your listeners to picture this. This really wise guy, um, he would wear his white robe, and he had this white beard, and he would go right outside of his village every single day and sit outside underneath a tree. And he was philosopher type. He was really wise. And he would sit there and he would think. He would sit there and think and watch people walk by. And he would just think things through. And one day as he's thinking, a traveler comes by and says, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. If I was to go into your village, what kind of people will I run into into your village? And he said, this traveler, this old wise man said to him, hmm, that's an interesting question. What kind of people have you come across in your travels? And this traveler said to him, canva well, I've met old people that are foolish. I've met young people that are just mean and they're thieves. I've met, overall, the people I've met are negative and they have a really negative mindset. The old man looked at this young traveler for a second and he said, well, those are the same type of people you're going to find in my village. And this traveler just kept going. And another traveler came by, asked the man the same question.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And the man asked this traveler the same question, what kind of people have you come across in your travels? And this young man said, Well, sir, I've met old people that are healthy and strong. I've met young people that are wise and caring and loving. And overall, I've met people that are good, kind, and they have positive mindset and they have a positive outlook in everything they do. And they always look for the lessons and the opportunities in all the adversities in life. And this old wise man looked at this young man and said, welcome. Those are the same type of people you're going to find in my village. And there ends my story. See, whatever that story means to your listeners and your unconscious mind is perfectly fine. However, the meaning I'm giving to that story is that whatever you look for, you will find. You find what you look for. So if you're looking for a reason not to get into because you've been burned, blah, blah, blah. Instead, that's a crappy question. Oh, I don't want to go into because or why did this happen to me? That's a victim question. Instead, it's a victim question. Instead, you should be asking, ha, what's my lesson here? Because Napoleon Hill says, in in every adverse, in, in um think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill says, in every adversity lies an equal to or better than opportunity. In every adversity lies an equal to or better than opportunity. That simply means that in every problem and every challenge that you encounter in law in life, there's lessons, right? And that's where wisdom is built right? Wisdom is an accumulation of experiences and lessons, yeah. either yourself, your own or other people's experiences yeah. that if you take the time, right? This is what I teach my students is if you take the time. So I have a spreadsheet. I have a mm-hmm. spreadsheet with all of my real estate. This is just to show you, this is how I live, right? I have a spreadsheet with all of my real estate. So from the time I start with a deal, from the time I close it, so date closed, address, right? strategy. Like clarity, because remember what I said, clarity is power. Strategy, right? Strategy, address, whatever. And then if I'm burying it or if I'm flipping it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then at the very last column, all right, I put my cash flow, I put my numbers. So what's my cash flow? What's my who's the bank? You mm-hmm. know, at the very last column is the most important column, and it's lessons learned, right? Oh. And in this column, I sit down at the end. After I take that deal full circle, I Mm -hmm. sit down on my computer and I write my lessons learned. What did I learn? You know, I looked at it the other day. I shared it with a student last weekend, as a matter of fact. And Mm -hmm. I was looking through it. I was sharing it with him. And one of my lessons learned and one of my flips was, believe it or not, was fire, fire my contractor faster. When, you know, when I saw this, I caught one. I called my contractor smoking weed in one of my places. I went on a Sunday years ago. This happened years ago.
1: Uh-huh.
2: But because he was a friend, I didn't fire him. Lesson, don't do business for friends. It's business, right? It's business. I should have fired him. I didn't fire him. Lesson learned, right? I didn't lose money. I didn't lose money in the deal, but there was lessons there for me. Was that an adversity? Hell yeah. They, he went over like 12 weeks over my deadline on a flip. And then flip, time is everything, right? Timing is super right. important in a flip. Every time I have a vacant property, I'm losing money. So lessons, right? Looking for the Mm -hmm. lessons, documenting the lessons. But you know what happens is you start training your brain. That's a muscle, right? You start training your brain. That's a mindset muscle. You start training your brain that in every experience in life, you start looking for your lessons. How can I get better? How can I get better? And what your brain starts to do is, here's where the wisdom comes in is that now, I could be two or three years down the road and I could be doing something totally different. And my mind, remember, I'm a mindset strategist, so I understand how the mind works and your unconscious mind works. Your conscious mind, because you wrote it down somewhere and you took the time to force and ask that question: where's my opportunity? What's my lesson? Right. right. And you're doing something else, and all of a sudden, you're doing a business deal, some something totally relevant, or you're with your boss or something, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden you see a behavior or you see a pattern. In that thing or that situation you're in, that's like your mind tells you immediately, oh, snap. Remember, this looks a lot. This pattern looks a lot like that situation. Red flag, red flag. Ask different question. Do this. Ask a different. This looks a lot like it. So start Mm -hmm. paying more closer attention and ask these questions. That's wisdom. You start accumulating experiences and knowledge from your own experiences and from Candle's experiences. Right, Right. Learning from my coach, learning from my oh my mentor told me this. Well, I heard this. Wow, I experienced this and I wrote this down. This looks a lot like it. Let me be careful. What does this mean? Right. It looks a lot like this. Let me let me let me travel tread lightly here because hmm, maybe I need to ask this question that I didn't ask over here. I need to ask that up front, and boom, there it shows up.
1: Wow. Right? There it
2: shows up. So um is looking that story shares the importance of looking for what you find you look for mm-hmm. so while you may be in pain you remember how I shared with you how my mom kicked me out that was painful and I was yeah. resentful I was resentful I was so resentful to my mom that when I got married at 25 my mom did was not invited to my wedding because I was so resentful I didn't speak to my mom for years stupid kid it was a stupid move. Um, I would never do that. I, I, you know, it is what it is. It was was where I was in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And today, candle, today, I look back at that experience as painful as it was for me. And I look at my mom and here was a single woman trying to raise a man, not knowing any better. She didn't know what I know. She didn't know what, she didn't have the time to pick up and learn and greet and and grow. Yeah. Right. She, She, what does she know? Right. She was doing right. the best she could. When you understand yeah. people are doing the best they can if with they the resources can. that they have, yep. you start to have more empathy with people. And Absolutely. today, I look back, Candle, and I look back at the experience, and I say, without my mom doing what she did, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Without that experience, I wouldn't be the man. I wouldn't have the strength to be the breadwinner for my family, to be the man that's self-sufficient, that takes care of it. Wouldn't be able to teach my kids the lessons that I teach my kids about being self-sufficient and being, you know, taking care of themselves. So that one thing that was so painful when I was, was so painful, I tell you, it was so painful sleeping in the street, Mm -hmm. Thinking that your mom doesn't love you. These are all the stupid thoughts I used to have. Not stupid. These are natural thoughts. I reject those thoughts. But these are all the immature thoughts I used to have. Right. I was focusing so much on the pain instead of looking for the opportunity and looking at my lessons. How can I grow? How can I get better? How can I, how can I get better? Right. And I was in a way because I did get better. I graduated high school. I did all these things. And, you know, here I am today. It's also mm-hmm. mindset. But I didn't know I was doing that. Right? I was just that right. was a competitive mindset in me. I'm going to show them. I was using that. As, I'm going to show the world that I can. And I, 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 right. <laughs> right. Ego, right. Ego. There goes the ego when you're young. The ego. The right? ego. There goes the yeah. ego. I was doing it. Ego. Right. Yeah. But now today, as I'm older and I'm wiser, I look back and I'm like, and I thank my mom. And I'm like, mom, you know, thank you. I know that you did the best you can. And without without that, I wouldn't be the man I am today. I want you to mm-hmm. know you made this man. Without that, I wouldn't be able to be a strong man and to be the man in my house, to be the leader of my house, to be the leader for my kids. Right. So right. today I'm grateful for it. Right. But if it's because I've been, I looked for the opportunity and the lessons within the adversity.
1: That's awesome.
2: Right. That You've is got, awesome. You got to find, you got to, and that, and, and let me tell you, Kendall, and some people might be listening and saying, well, that's easy for you to say. I know that's easy for me to say. It took me years. It's a muscle you build.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. I build this muscle. It's a muscle. It's a muscle I build. And let me tell you, it doesn't stop. It's a muscle. You keep exercising. It's a muscle. You keep exercising. Yeah. We talked a little bit yeah. about my rituals, about your rituals and rituals and things like yeah.
1: that. That's right. what I want to get to next. Yeah. What is your daily ritual?
2: And it's part of my daily ritual is that, right? So my mm-hmm. daily ritual is, is, is turned into something a little bit more rigorous. Now I'm usually up around five 36 o'clock. I'm first thing I'm doing getting my coffee. And then I'm sitting down and I'm meditating for 10 minutes, right? Just quieting the mind intentionally. I have an app I use and I meditate for 10 minutes. And then immediately after that, I sit on my desk and I go to my, I have this journal where I have my goals for the year and then I have my quarterly goals and then I have my rocks for my quarterly goals. So we're January 16th today. So mm-hmm. They go every fifteen days. So yesterday, last night, I was measuring my my quarterly where I was my rocks right to reach my goals. And I look at that calendar for January, and I look at where I'm at, and then I create and I start with the first thing I start with on the journal is my gratitude. Three things I'm three or four things I'm grateful for. And then right from there, I go to my top goals again. Where you focus goes, your energy flows, results show. I write those down every morning. My top goals, right. Mm -hmm. top goals. And then from there, um, there's, I asked myself the question, there's a question in my journal of um, what are the top um, 10 activities I have to do to get to those goals? See, I'm focusing my energy, my brain on my goals, gratitude, my goals, and then the activities I need to do today to get to those goals. Yeah. And then lastly, the last question is, um, what am I stuck on that I need to get unstuck from?
1: That is a good one.
2: Powerful question. What am That's I stuck one. on that I need to get unstuck from? Right, and yeah. it just forces me to think. You know, what am I stuck on? What because you know sometimes we don't see what we don't see, and if we don't take the time to ask this type of question,
0: yeah, you won't
2: move forward, right? You won't make the next the next play. But anyways, um, after I'm done with that, then I um, then I take my I, it's everything is it's, it's it's kind of regimented a little bit in the morning. I take my mm-hmm. pill, my my vitamins. I take my mm-hmm. vitamins. And then I go down to the gym, to my basement to work out for 40 minutes. And then my day starts from there. So I take care of me first. I'm very, very selfish with my, with my morning. Extremely selfish. If my mornings are mine. Because yeah. I only have control of the mornings and nights. When okay. I get into the office, then the calls, of this, to that, the property managers, everyone is starts, starts, starts to try to pull you different ways. But I took care of me first. I can't be the best husband. I can't yeah. be... The best businessman, I can't be the best father. I can't be the best friend if I'm not the best for me first. I can't give Absolutely. what I don't have. Yeah, if I don't yeah. have it. I can't give it. So I yeah. take care. Of, I got to take care of me first.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I have when I started in real estate sales, I had a, a this passion planner, and I would highlight like. Everything thing I did was a different color. So like for pink, it would be real estate sales. For green, it'd be closings, or it would be going to a listing. And my yellow was me, my me time. And I remember going to uh, my therapist at the time, and she was like, Kendall, let me see your planner, because I'm really organized as the former teacher in me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she was like, I don't see any yellow. She's just going through sheet after sheet. There's no yellow. I never made any time for me. Mm. And then this year was the first time I'm a big TD Jakes fan. And he was, it was one of his sermons and he was talking about just for 21 days, just change it and let's see if it changes your life. So I said, okay, I'm going to be selfish, just like you said. And I have been extremely selfish first thing in the morning. I'm up listening to all my motivational um, songs that are downloaded and I'm writing in my planner and I have it right here. And I literally, and it has all the things that you just said. And it's like Mm -hmm. a passion planner. And yeah. it has like daily challenges. Everything you got to do. and I tell you, it has changed the changes game. It, right? Yeah,
2: changes your life. <laughs> changes your life. Yeah, it changes your
1: life. Yes, it changes uh, your life.
2: It changes your life. It changes the way you think. It's a muscle. You start training and building yeah. that muscle. You know. Oh, one yeah. thing I forgot to say is immediately after I finish meditating, because I do guided meditation, is I pray. So I I, I sit there mm-hmm. and pray. I just and um then my prayers are very just thankful. God, thank you. Just thank you yeah. for blessings. I'm just. I'm not asking for anything. I'm just thanking you for for, for, the, for me being here, for yeah. the opportunity, for just everything I've done. So just thank you. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. And I think in that gratitude, like you mentioned about the scarcity mindset, when you start your day off with gratitude, you realize that there is no lack of anything. It's That's nothing right. but abundance. Yep.
2: yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's um, it's life changing. So if your listeners are there, I, listen, what I tell my students is I've been doing this for a long time. And it's, you don't create a new habit. Mm-hmm. So here's what you don't do. You don't go, you don't start a new year and say, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to lose whatever pounds you want to lose. Right. And, and then you go to the gym and you're in the gym for two hours every morning. Let me tell you something. That's not sustainable long-term. That's not how you start. That's absolutely, yeah. that's the wrong way to do it. The way you, you create a new habit is you, if you want to stop doing something, Because there's things we're doing, there's things that we need to start doing, and there's things that we need to stop doing to get to our goals. Those three things. You need to know what you need to start doing, and you need to know what you need to stop doing, Yeah. right, to get to your goals. And the way you do and create a new habit is you start small, and you start, and then there's a book by Darren Hardy, um, something habits, the compound effect compound, A
1: compound effect. effect, my baby. I compound love
2: this effect. book. <laughs> so Darren Hardy, as you know, talks about you start small, small increments. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't go crazy. So if you want to start meditating because you hear meditation is good, whatever, or you want to start even just praying, you don't start by you know doing it for forty minutes every morning. That's not how you start. You don't start going to the gym for two hours every day. That's not how you start. You start by linking your habits. So if you if you brush mm-hmm. your teeth every morning. You're going to say, okay, right after I brush my teeth, I'm going to immediately, I'm going to sit down and meditate for three minutes. Three minutes. Everyone has three minutes. you got three minutes. Wake up three minutes earlier. you got three minutes. I'm going to meditate for three minutes. And then I'm going to go to my journal. Right after I meditate, I'm going to go to my journal and write three things that I'm grateful for today. That's it. Three things. That's it. And then close, boom, done. You're off to your day. And then do 10 push-ups if that's what you want. 10 push-ups, boom, that's it. You do that, you start building the momentum there. You start doing it small, small. That whole thing will take you 10 minutes. Three minutes meditating, yeah. two minutes writing three things, 10 push-ups or 20 push-ups, you're off to your day. New habit. Yeah. Before you know it, it's natural and you're doing it continuously and then you start adding. And then you yeah. start expanding your, your ritual. You don't start it by... Oh, I'm gonna model Martin's ritual. I'm gonna model Candle's ritual. I'm gonna do everything they're doing, guys. We've been doing this for a long time. We've been work, I, I've been working on myself for a long time. You know, it's gonna take. It's gonna take you small doses.
1: Small doses, yeah. Small
2: doses. Yeah. You. you get there. You build it in small doses.
1: Yeah, and it's that what you said—that pain it creates the change. Mm-hmm. That is. That's it. It's, that's
2: it's, it. Nothing ever changes unless there's enough pain.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so Martin, how can we find you?
2: You one of the ways you can find me is you can check out my podcast, Latinos and Real Estate Investing podcast. By the way, yes,
1: let's talk about that. We gotta talk about that podcast. Okay, one. Okay, what is the title of your podcast?
2: Latinos and Real Estate Investing podcast.
1: Latinos and Real Estate Investing podcast. How did you create this, and why did you create this?
2: So my purpose, again, very clear. Everything I do is driven from my the purpose of my life, my why. Right. The purpose of my life is to empower others to be their best versions as well as live my me be my best absolute best version. Right? So mm-hmm. I do my ritual and all that stuff. Um to create generational wealth and to um impact the world in a positive way with that wealth. So it's not just for me, it's also to serve others. Right. That's my purpose. It's really that simple. It's my purpose. So when I'm I'm a teacher like you, right. It's in my heart to teach and, and help and empower. It's my purpose, empower others to be their best version. So right. I started this podcast um, because I realized that no one really was talking to the Latino market. No one was really talking to the first generation Latinos. I was born here. I'm first generation born here in this country. And no one's really teaching. And, and, and in the Latino market, it's people, we're trained, and so is, is the African-American market, is we're trained To believe that you got to work hard and that this is what i heard at least you got to work hard to make money and you got to either get a degree and i and there's not i I have nothing against people with degrees by the by all means right i don't have one that's okay but i am proof to show you that you don't need one to be right whatever you do it's in your mindset it's how much you work on yourself the education you get right I may not have a formal degree, but I am educated and I know that. Um, mm-hmm. So I started the podcast to help and empower people, to give people strategies, to give people, to educate them, to bring other guests and where they can see that, hey, man, this person's just like me. I had you in my shirt, kindergarten teacher, went real estate investor. Hey, come on now. Right? People can relate <laughs> to that. Yeah. This is beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. thing, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's a beautiful thing. This thing, there's opportunities for everyone, but it starts first. I'm really, really big on mindset, as you probably can tell. Right? Yeah, <laughs> very, very yeah. Big on mindset. So I'm constantly, you know, people come to my to my meetups, right? Or they'll come to my real estate investors meetup. And I'll share this quick story with you. I had yeah. a guy, it was one of my students, two of the two of my students. I'm always telling people, you got to show up. Opportunities, if you don't show up, guys, um you know we candle and i were talking about earlier about the five people how do you find these people so we talked about first you got to read and then you gotta start showing up right because that's one of the answers Mm -hmm. show up where are we where are you and i people like you and i you know where we are i'm gonna tell you where we are we are at seminars we're at workshops we are that's where you're gonna find us successful people are constantly getting better because successful people are constantly looking for better ways to do things successful people are constantly looking to get better so you want to find out you want to find out how you network and you change your circle and you start hanging out with people making six figures, seven figures, whatever, is you need to start showing up to these places. You need to start yeah. figuring out, hey, Candle, what's the next seminar you're going to? Where yeah. are you going? Where are you hanging?
1: Yeah. And then now everything is virtual. So you yep. could be what's anywhere. The
2: what's the next thing? Where are you going? What are you reading? What are you doing? Right. Yeah. Modeling, 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 modeling. Yeah. You you gotta I started this to help people. So people come to my people come to my meetups and they're like, I had this guy, back to my story, I had this guy, he comes to my meetup and people come and they think I'm going to just give them skills. I'm just going to give them real estate skills. And what mm-hmm. they find is that I use an 80-20 rule, even in my teachings, 80% mm-hmm. mindset, 20% set equals 100% success. So they yeah. come to my meetup and what I do is I spend 80% of my time giving them, changing the route, working on their mindset. And then I spend 20% yeah. of my time giving them skill set because i could give you all the skill set you want but if you are self sabotaging and you have limiting beliefs it doesn't matter you're not gonna take action yeah right you're not gonna take action it doesn't matter you can know all the information all the strategies in the world but if you haven't worked on you first it doesn't Mm -hmm. doesn't matter yeah it's gonna be great information in your head yeah, and not in your pocket or in your family right so this guy came to my meetup and he was like the first meetup martin i went he was like I saw you and you were talking about mindset, mindset, mindset. And I was like, okay. Then the second time, same time mindset, mindset, mindset. It mm-hmm. was like, by the time, by the third time I went, I started asking myself, why the hell does this guy keep talking about mindset? <laughs> he literally told me one of my students. One of my students wow. About Mindset. Right. Yeah. This, is a, this is a, this is a young, this is a gentleman that spent $40,000 with fortune builders to get an education and had not done a deal yet. Wow. Right, wow. he just
1: want to get to the money.
2: Yeah, yeah. He he hadn't. He, so he goes by the fourth time I went there, he was like, his mindset started, his unconscious mind, all the work he's mm-hmm. been coming, started asking a different question. He started saying, "Shoot, maybe it's my mindset that hasn't allowed me to get a deal yet. Yeah, maybe it's me. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's I gotta look inside, because he had mm-hmm. all the strategies, he had all the skills, he knew mm-hmm. all the stuff I knew. Right, but he hasn't got a deal, right." So he decided to bring me on as a coach. He came, showed up to one of my goal setting events. He met a doctor. They part. His limiting belief was no money. I said, "Who the hell says you need your money?" Met a doctor at one of my events. They became partners. She had the money. He had the skills. They became partners. And last year, they closed nine doors. They have nine apartments, oh. right? Nice. And he tells me, "Dude, it was my mindset the whole time. <laughs> He's yeah. like, it was my perspective. It was like that traveler, mm-hmm. like what he was looking for." Yeah. So anyways, to find me, you can find me, you can find me, I'm on social media. I'm on, you can check out my group. I have a group, um, Elite Strategies on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, Look up the Elite Strategist on Facebook. I'm on on Instagram, the Elite Strategist. Um, Stroudsburg, www.stroudsburgrei.com. I have a wholesale course. You can go there. I have a bunch of content. Um, If any of your listeners are looking to invest passively, I also do syndications. So um, we just closed on a 72-unit apartment building where we give investors above average returns. Um, That particular deal is is giving a return of 18% average annual return on people's money. We're doubling people's money. And the the business plan is a five-year business plan. We refi in three years, get our investors all their money back, and then we sell it in year five. And that's when the big payday happens. So overall, with the cash flow and everything, they double their money. Mm -hmm. Minimum investment of 50, get 100 back within five years. Um, so I'm doing syndications. You could go to strasburgrei.com. Look at partners with us. I educate you there. My partner and I have a little video there, but so we educate okay. you on what syndication is. You could just go to that website. I have a ton of content there. My podcast is there. I
1: mean, yeah. And we'll have all of this on, on the website, lightinguprealestate.com.
2: Perfect. Access yeah.
1: to your website. And, and of course your meetups,
2: your yes, courses, yeah, yeah.
1: the podcast, everything will be there.
2: Yeah. My meetups are also, we, we, We've been doing them virtual. You know, we, we I went to a meetup just this week and it was five of us because, uh, you know, I'm a live guy. I love the energy of being, I, I love being around people. Yeah. It was, it was five of us. And um, I was telling them, you know, we never stopped. Like when COVID happened, we stopped and we went immediately, we pivoted because I was asking for my opportunity. Again, let me just, I'm gonna share this. I'm gonna share this with you once again. When COVID happened in March,
0: uh-huh.
2: I was on a cruise Right, I was the first week in March. My whole family, me my wife, my kids, my daughter-in-law, we were on a cruise, and I kept getting, you know, you're not a cruise, you don't get really good reception, and I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. I was just having a good time with my family, right? So I got to Mexico, and I got a text from one of my one of my students, this young man that I, this gentleman I told you about. He texts me, "Hey man, be careful. You know, the world is on fire back home, and I'm in Mexico. <laughs> no one's wearing masks. No one's having a good time. Like, ah, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So." He thought I wasn't going to be able to get back. So we get back on the cruise. They tell us, they tell us, um, guys, the world is, we're the last cruise. That's it. Carnival is going to be closed for 90 days after this cruise mm-hmm. when we get back. Then they start telling us the real deal. Like we're in the ocean heading back the next morning.
1: Like you had no idea. I had I really no idea. really did not know.
2: I had no oh. idea. We, in February, you know, my assistant was like, you're going to go on a cruise. I was like, dude, I don't live in fear. Again, it's a yeah. mindset it's a mindset yeah the mindset i was like dude i'm going and having my fun i'm going to go my mm-hmm. family my athletes, we're excited i don't live in fear I, I, that's something i don't do right. right i've trained my mind to look for the opportunities not mm-hmm. to know what's bad my mind does that naturally so when everyone said like, I mean, you're going i was like yeah we're going my wife we we're going like, yep we're out we're going so we're there but we it wasn't that bad right mm-hmm. we get back on the on the cruise they tell us how bad it is we're the last cruise now the fear starts to fear. People start getting scared in the boat. And then I like, oh my gosh, we, you know, there's a boat. There was that boat that was just roaming, whatever. That yeah. We able to dock. I was like, whatever. Right. I was like, okay, fine. That's not going to be us. But when they did that, you know what I did immediately? Like when they yeah. told us, they announced it right the thing. I remember I was in my, in, in the room and my first inkling was I got up and I said to my wife, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go think right? Like, the mm-hmm. African, like that wise man, right? So I'm going to go think, I'll be back. I'm going to go work out because I need to get my body, my nervous system going. Because I know that once I change my physiology, then it, it lights up my brain to think better. Mm-hmm. So I went upstairs and I started working out, right? And I had an unconscious and it wasn't an also conscious and unconscious. I was like, I know if I'm healthy and I'm strong, I'm going to be fine. If I take care of my body, my temple, I'm going to be fine, right? I take my vitamins every morning and I take care of myself. Right. So and then immediately after I, I finished working out, you know what I did? I started walking around in the top deck mm-hmm. in circles like for an hour. And you know what my question was? I kept asking myself, where's my opportunity in this? Where's my opportunity? Everyone's scared in this boat, I'm not scared. Neville right. tells me in every adversity that is an equal to or better than opportunity. Where's my opportunity? And I was ro- and I was just walking asking that question. Where's my opportunity? Where's my opportunity? Where's my opportunity? Where's my opportunity? And um, I came back home. We we were able to get back home. We flew back home. All the whole works. And then the bill came out, the stimulus bill came out, and it was 880 pages. I have a print in my office back here, 880 pages, and I read that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I read that whole entire thing, and I started educating people on how to get access to the PPP money because I remembered because I'd taken the time to think and ask myself, what did I learn in the last recession in 2008? What did right. I do wrong? And what would I do differently? And why Absolutely. were people making money and I wasn't, I was hurting. First thing I learned was I was looking at the news. I was paying attention to the wrong crowd.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And crowd. I said, I'm not doing that this time. I said, there were bills and stuff that I did not educate myself on. I'm not doing that this time. I'm going to read. I'm going to educate myself. Wow. So but, but that was because I forced my, see, it's a muscle. Mm-hmm. And it was, I had already built that muscle. So when the adversity came and everyone was panicking, immediately my mind went to opportunity. Where is it? Everyone's When everyone's fearful, be aggressive, is what Warren Buffett says, right? Right,
1: right. right.
2: So immediately my brain said, boom, where is it? Look for it. Where is it? Where mm-hmm. is it? And that's what I did. I just started looking for it. So I went to this meetup and there was four of them and we had in February, in our meetup, we had about 80 people at our mm-hmm. last February live, right? Right. And, and It was a great meetup. We had an attorney there talking about LLCs and asset. I had a commercial broker training on how to evaluate a commercial deal on apartment building and stuff. It was really good stuff. And I was talking about, and I was training mindset. And then March came and we had nothing. And I immediately said, we're going to go virtual. Immediately I pivoted immediately because yeah. I was looking for it.
1: The opportunities.
2: I said, we're going to go virtual. We're going to go virtual. So we went virtual March. We went virtual April. We made March, April, May, June, and then July in Pennsylvania, the governor said you can meet 25 people. Immediately after he said that, we went live. And when we went live, we had about 30 people. The very in July,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right in the middle of COVID July, we had 30 people at our at our first at our first event live back. But then we pivoted and they said, okay, now I'm gonna do it virtually and in person. So the in person event, I'm gonna have my camera and I'm gonna have a Zoom so people can access us around the world. So we, it just, I found the opportunity. We just grew. Right. So I went to an event, a live event, about 60 miles from here, one of my colleagues, another investor, and he he emailed me. He was like, oh, I'm having a... I was like, I'll be there, dude. I want to support you guys. And there was five right. of us. And I said, bro, it's only five of us. And no one was in on a Zoom call. And he was like, yeah, man, we, you know, we're trying to get back. And then I, right then mm-hmm. and there, I realized what we did right and what they didn't do right. They just right. stopped. They went in fear mode and they just, right, and we just kept wow. going, figured out a way. We figured out a way to make it work.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's a great story. That's a great story. Yeah. Cause in every investor that I've talked to, cause I started this podcast during COVID mm-hmm. right in the beginning of COVID. I'm like, I see mm-hmm. an opportunity. If I can't be around investors, let me start talking to them. Let me create a podcast. Mm-hmm. And every one of them have said that they've seen nothing but opportunity through COVID.
2: Mm-hmm. It's yep. our mindset. Mindset because they're looking for it. But yeah. there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, in fear. And listen, I, mm-hmm. I, I lost I lost my father-in-law to COVID. So I'm not, I'm not downplaying it. But I am making a conscious decision not to live in fear. I'm making a conscious decision to right. take care of myself, to strengthen my immune system, to be wise. But I'm not going to live in fear, period. And no disease is going to mm-hmm. take me. That, if it's going to take me, it's because it's God's will but I'm not yeah. going to be walking around here, you know, with fear. That's, that's not. I refuse, I reject to live in that way. That's yeah. not how I live. That's yeah. not what my God put me on this earth for. I, I, I was put here to enjoy everything to the fullest. Absolutely everything. This all the wonderful things this world's got to offer. That's what God put me here, to enjoy it all. And I yeah. want to enjoy everything.
1: So let me ask you, so whenever that that thought of that fear tries to get into you what is what do you do immediately you just like good you question. just snap back good
2: question <laughs> really good question so there's a strategy i teach mm-hmm. and i'm not wearing my band but i'll give you a, the strategy okay okay to condition so it's, this is a neuro condition. i know we kind of went over in time i'm so you're fine you're respectful uh, of your time so there's something i teach in my events and it's called neuro conditioning Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard, you're a teacher, so you probably heard of this, Pavlo, the scientist, a Russian yes. scientist. Okay, so you yeah. know about the dogs, right? So, I know about the dogs. So, uh, and I'll share this with your listeners just in case they don't know. There's a scientist that he shares. He he found, he had two, two dogs, and he would ring a bell, the doorbell, and mm-hmm. every time he ring the doorbell, the dogs would run to the door, and he would give them a piece of steak. Uh, he ring the doorbell, the dogs ran to the door, he gave give them a piece of steak. What do you think happened after four or five times of him doing that? When he rang the doorbell, they would run to the door. He opened the door, and they would be salivating, expecting what a piece of steak because he's mm-hmm. already trained them and conditioned them that way. Well, we're not much different than that. Believe it mm-hmm. or not, we're not much different than that. So, when you have when you have pain, right, is what does what causes change?
1: Change, right? Yeah.
2: Pain causes change. So there's a strategy I use to, that I teach my students, and it's whenever you have those fear thoughts. See, mm-hmm. and, and, and fearful thoughts are natural, okay? Again, it's a muscle. Feel fear, Fearful thoughts are natural. Our, we inherited it from our ancestors. Millions of years ago, when our ancestors were roaming the earth, we were constantly scoping out the land to see if there was a saber-toothed tiger coming to kill us. Or something. We're living in cave. We were we were living in the open in the wildness in the wilderness, right? We constantly had to be looking for what's bad, for what's what what's bad. So guess what? You and I inherited that from them, constantly looking for what's bad. Why to self-preserve?
1: Yeah, protection.
2: Self-preserve is the first thing. So COVID and the media are telling us COVID, 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 COVID. So you inherently, naturally, are like, oh my gosh! I gotta protect myself. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. All right. But the thing is, this guys, there is no more saber toothed tiger trying to kill us. So what does our brain do? Our brain now, if I'm walking down the street and I see Candle, Candle's a good friend of mine, and I'm walking down Main Street here, and I see Candle, and I'm like, oh, there's Candle, and I'm excited to say hi to Candle, and she mm-hmm. just walks right by me, or I text her and she doesn't text me back she walks Mm -hmm. right by me. What's the first thing we think naturally? We start thinking, oh, shoot, what did I do? Do I smell bad? What did I do? Did I hurt her feeling? Did I text her something wrong? Oh, my gosh, what did I do? That's where your brain automatically hits you. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a strategy that you can do is you can ask a different question. Instead of what did I do, you can ask, what else does this mean? What else could this mean? Right? That's a pattern interrupt question. What else could this mean? Could it be that Candace just lost her dog and she couldn't see you or she's in her own head because she's sad she just lost her dog? Could it be that Candle just got some news that something happened to a loved one and she just so, she's so screwed up and she's so sad and she's so, could it be that? Could it be that something's going on with her life? Yes. See, that question automatically pattern interrupts that thought. And it mm-hmm. changes your focus in a different direction to look for a yeah. different, different answer. So that's one thing. You ask a different question. The next strategy I'm going to teach you is you ask that question, what else could this mean? So you're feeling fear for whatever reason, because sometimes we have, we have been conditioned and we've been doing the negative belief thinking for so long yeah, that we don't even hear the voice in our head. You don't even hear the voice in our head. But you know who never lies to you? Your body never lies to you. If you're driving mm-hmm. down the street, all of a sudden you feel this feeling in your stomach like, holy smoke. Yeah. Why do I feel like this? Why am I scared right now? There's nothing mm-hmm. here. Like, why am I? And all of a sudden you feel this feeling. And whenever you feel that feeling or you hear the thought of I'm not good enough and I reject this. And you hear me say, "I you've heard me say I reject this for you. I'm yeah. sending an unconscious command to your unconscious mind to reject that. Mm-hmm. To reject. Which is all going to tie in right now. Is I'm gonna tell you go get a rubber band, put mm-hmm. it in your put it around your put it around your wrist. Mm-hmm. All right. And I have a rubber band that I actually give to my students. It says, I reject that cancel delete. Thank you for sharing. I reject that. And what you do is whenever you have a negative thought and you hear yourself, yeah, take the rubber band and you expand it out and you spank yourself. Pain, right? Pain. And what you're doing, and when you do that, and it hits your wrist. You automatically say to you, say out loud, thank you for sharing. I reject that. So you're starting to train your unconscious mind that anytime they have a fearful or unwarranted negative thought, it's gonna cause pain. 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 Gonna cause pain. Gonna cause pain. And what happens is over time, your unconscious mind, because your primary um, primary, your primary thing is to protect protect yourself and self-preserve over yeah. time. That thought that keeps popping up, or that fearful thought, your unconscious mind's gonna say, "Wait a minute, we don't like pain because <laughs> what does pain do? It causes oh, pain, right? We don't like pain, so, so what happens is over time, your unconscious mind gonna say, "Wait a minute, every time I think this is painful, let me stop, let me stop saying that." Sh-
1: yeah, crap, right. Oh my gosh, and that's
2: what happens. Then you start conditioning. It's called neuroconditioning. You start conditioning your own mindset to start. Looking for better, better thoughts, right? More positive thought, more empowering, more encouraging thoughts, and the 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 disencouraging thoughts start to dwindle down, and the more encouraging thoughts start to come up. Wow! Right? Do you know
1: how much you saved me in therapy right now? You're welcome. <laughs> that was priceless. Thank you.
2: <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Wow. Again, and so so you you know. Your listeners might ask, well, where did you learn that? Well, you know where I learned that? Going to seminars, going to work. This is where successful people are. Yeah. You want to change your circle? Change your circle. Go hang out where we hang out. Yep. It's that simple. You want to be an investor? Go to RIA meetups. Go start going to real estate investors meetups. That's where we are.
1: That's where we are.
2: You you want to learn how we think? Start asking questions.
1: Ask the questions. (laughs) You see how I just asked that question and I saved so many people's lives right now. You ask the question. And let me tell you,
2: you. a lot of people, I teach this to my students and I give it away for free because I like to contribute Mm -hmm. to the the law of prosperity. We talked about that yesterday. The law Mm -hmm. of prosperity. I know that if I help others prosper, I in turn will prosper because that's the law of prosperity if I contribute to the law. And a lot of my students, you know, a lot of my students pay pay to get that, to get that training, to get that. They come and spend a day with me and I work on their mindset and I give them mm-hmm. strategies and tools. That's why I say I'm a mindset strategist. They give them strategies, tools on how to, how to break those patterns and pattern interrupt. It's your circle, yeah. your thoughts, what you're doing, what you're reading, what you're putting into your mind. Stand guard. I'm going to leave mm-hmm. you with this. Stand guard at the door of your mind at all times. Ooh. Stand guard at the door of your mind at all times. Um, I had one of my students said, you know, my mom, I was driving with one of my students two days ago to that RIA meetup. One of my students, we drove, jumped in the car, said, let's go to this meetup. He's a co-host and he's also a mentee. And I said to, him, he goes like, you know, my mom's so negative, this and that. I said, brother, I know you love your mom. And even mm-hmm. your mom, you have to stand guard in the door of your mind from your mom. I have another That's one, student, even another one said to me, you know, I'm gonna, he takes care of, he lives with his mom. His mom mm-hmm. is very, very negative and it continuously brings him down. And to him, I said, you need to, you can't give what you don't have. Even from your own mother, you have to stand guard in the door of your mind. You have to find a way to take care of mom, but you can't have that in your space. You yeah. got to stand guard. Sometimes our own family members mm-hmm. are the ones that are bringing us down. And you have to be aware of that. You got to pay yeah. attention to what is doing. Your body never lies to you. Mm-hmm. Your body never lies to you. You're, you may not hear the voice sometimes, but your body never lies to you. pay attention to what how your body's feeling your nervous system is responding when you're around that person. When that person is talking their their venom and they're talking about gossip and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're talk about how bad world is. Dude, you've got to protect yourself from that. you cannot be able, pay attention to what your body's doing if your body is feeling that feeling, you know that that, that, that energy around that person is not good for you you got to yeah. stand guard at the door of your mind. Yeah.
1: Martin, I got to have you come back. <laughs> <laughs> this was so incredible. Just this conversation on mindset. Yeah. This was so good. Enlightening. Has nothing,
2: it has nothing to do with real estate, does it?
1: Nothing. So, nothing. so you
2: think. So people think it doesn't. It has everything to do with real estate. <laughs> if you want to be successful at it.
0: Right, but God, right.
2: Your perspective on how you deal with the problems is everything. You're going to have tenants you're going to evict it's it's not if, it's when. You're going to have tenants that are not going to pay you. You're going to have tenants that are going to trash your place. It's not if, it's when.
1: When, yeah. What's your yeah.
2: perspective? Are you looking for the lessons? Or are you going to give up? Do you know your why? Is your why, is, is that going to stop you from continuing to go into create financial freedom from you and your family? Yeah. Do you know why you're doing that?
1: This is incredible. Incredible. Oh, wow. Thank you for being a light. Really.
2: You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah, you're coming back. (laughs) (laughs)
2: It'll be my pleasure. Just let me know when I'll come back. No problem.
1: To learn more about Martin, just go to lightinguprealestate.com. If you like this episode, subscribe, leave a review, share with others. That's all for now. Stay safe, stay sane, and stay lit.